If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Happy Monday. All right, let's talk about um, some of the businesses that are being shut down. These are some of the new authorities the province brought in to mm-hmm. shut down businesses where there's been a cluster of COVID cases, right? And some businesses have been shut down, like a, quite a high number of them, really. I think it's surprisingly a uh, high number. I reported last night, I think 48 or 49 businesses in wow. Fraser Health Authority. It's a lot. It is a lot, and it's uh, what happens when three or more people at a workplace test positive for COVID-19. Fraser no. Health has obviously has had the most COVID cases for months now. No. So it's not surprising that they lead the way in terms of business uh, closures. Interesting, uh, the sector, I divided it up by sector, uh, by far the most uh, common closure is in industrial and manufacturing. So these uh, are people working in close proximity. Yeah. In, in uh, but then the second highest are fitness centers and gyms. Nine <laughs> of them closed down in Fraser. Most of these are in Surrey, but well, Almost half of the of the closures are in Surrey. Uh, uh, Tri Cities is second. Um, uh, retail trade is is tied with um, with uh, fitness uh, studios, and then you see a drop down to offices, office exposures, or, or clusters. Uh, auto dealerships. There's four of oh. them that are closed because wow. of uh, and, and we saw that uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic. Auto dealerships seem to be. Uh, a place where there was just seemed to be a lot of COVID being spread. So we've got four hmm. of those closed now, also one in ba- uh, Vancouver Coastal. It's interesting, Fraser Health uh, posts the closures on their website and keep them there. Vancouver Coastal posts them but then takes down the name of the business after they clear their 10-day or 14-day uh, uh, clearance incubation period. So, okay, so it's temporary closure, right? So they, they yeah. typically reopen after, what, 10 days? 10 days minimum, okay. uh, often as long as two weeks until, uh, and again, it's three people testing positive. And then it has to be established that it actually, the transmission occurred at the work site. Yeah. But 49 places uh, in Fraser Health, and that's just in 10 days. That's a very small uh, time period. So going forward, we'll likely see a lot more businesses shut down. Okay, let's talk about the search for the AstraZeneca vaccine. I know you got the vaccine last week. I got the vaccine on Saturday. I saw that. I saw Mary, your wife, post the picture. And she did. I was out for uh, I was out for a jog, a little jog on Saturday morning. I had a text message from the pharmacave saying, uh, we got your shot here. I was surprised because I was on a waiting list for a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. drugstores like a lot of people, and I just thought, well, they've run out, so I'm I'm hooped here. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and, you I got, got it. it. I got it. And, because uh, there's not a lot of AstraZeneca on Vancouver Island. Well, we, that's it. That's we, why I thought we, I wouldn't get it. We have a disproportionately high amount of Pfizer and Moderna because the population of Vancouver Island is much older than yeah. the rest of the province. And we got a disproportionately low amount of AstraZeneca. So good for you for getting it. Yeah, I was lucky to get it. I didn't have any uh, any uh, after effects either, um, which is great. But there's a lot. So I'm lucky. I got lucky here. Uh, but there's lots of people looking for this shot, and some people are going to extraordinary measures to try and get it. So let me play this for you. This is um, Vancouver resident here who was featured in a global news report. Her name is Janella Davis, who uh, lives in Vancouver, but went on a road trip to Whistler to get the vaccine. Have a listen. The pharmacist was so kind, offered us 2, 4, and 5 p.m. So like the Ikea ad, I said, start Start the car. car. I asked, you know, would it be okay, given that we're from Kitsilano? And he said, no problem. We packed snacks so we wouldn't have to pull over and stop anywhere. We had what we needed to get there and come home immediately. 
Okay, go on a road trip to Whistler to get the shot. Oh, it's AstraZeneca, right. which is different than Pfizer and, uh, and Moderna in terms of wh- how you can access. It was interesting yesterday, Langley had a, um, a clinic uh, for only people who lived in that particular neighborhood. Uh, and again, it was uh, the, the immunization program is going to look different in different parts well, of the What about province. traveling to another city, though, to get the vaccine? Is that allowed? It's allowed. It sounds it's like not it's not necessarily uh, recommended. But again, that's not pleasure, that's not travel for pleasure. You that's know, an essential. That's an essential travel. Well, getting get the, the vac- vac- getting the vaccine is extremely important. Yeah. Okay. What about this? Uh, the 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 pop up vaccine clinic at the Hollyburn Country Club Ooh. in West West Vancouver. Man. How the heck does a country club get their own I, vaccine clinic? I is still shrouded in mystery. How they got their hands on on vaccines? Whether they actually did remains unclear. Well, Interesting. They, well, the, they partnered with a pharmacy in New West called mm-hmm. Indigo Pharmacy, and so totally. Different city, different health authority, and this pharmacy does a deal, some sort of partnership with his country club to bring the vaccine to the country club and do a yep. clinic there. And as soon as it became public, the the health authority shut it down and said, you're not allowed to do this. And by the way, that particular pharmacy has now been told, you can't distribute any more vaccine after trying to pull, well, this, pull this stunt. The pharmacy's been punished, and now the membership of Hollyburn is calling for the CEO's head. Yeah. And any board member who was aware of the scheme to be... Uh, fired immediately, so it's uh, heads are going to roll. But what are the rules on this though? Like, if a pharmacy, so the pharmacy has got their vaccine. Are are the rules? I sent an inquiry to the government on this this morning, and I haven't got a response. Like, what are the rules? Are you only allowed to distribute that vaccine in the pharmacy and only to the general public on a first come first serve basis? No, that's a good question. Or can you do it? You know, can I do it if you're a member of a country club? Can I bring? Can I bring the the vaccine to the country club and say, hey? Well, let us have our own clinic. Obviously, you can't. But obviously, yeah. that maybe that rule wasn't spelled out in black and white for this pharmacy. But I tell you, that's uh, that's really got people's hackles up. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be talking justifiably about, so. We'll be talking about that more uh, coming up here later on the show. I'm going to speak to West Vancouver Councillor Craig Cameron about that. And the mayor, by the way, the mayor she of West quit Van, her membership. She did. She quit her. She resigned from the country club and has has fiercely criticized the country club for doing this. Good for her. Um, let me ask you about the roadblocks that are coming. So here's Mike Farnworth. Uh, the Solicitor General, talking about the looming roadblocks and checkpoints here. Have a listen. Over the coming days, we will continue working with police to establish additional measures to ensure they have the necessary authority to conduct periodic roadside checks like the counterattack program at strategic points into and out of the defined regions. At that time, a contravention of this order may be subject to a $575 fine. Okay, okay, when is this coming? Is this possibly coming later today? No, I don't think it's today. Okay. I think it's I think it's going to be tomorrow Wednesday. We're okay. going to we're going to get the fine print on this. It's going to be interesting. Farmers already identified a couple of the no-brain areas where these checkpoints are going to be. The the Coquihalla, for example, which is a major travel route for people to get into the interior. Highway 1, uh, the Hope Princeton. Those are three that have been mentioned. But I wonder also, as you get further into the interior, uh, are there going to be road or sort of checkpoints more uh, in the interior and in the north? As, again, people from Alberta, there's not going to be any border closures, but I wonder if there's going to be checkpoints on the other side of, of this side of the Alberta border. Well, one of the things that jumped out at me, too, was when he says it's going to be like a counterattack-style drunk driving road check. And a dr- when you come up to a drunk driving stop, they stop every car. That's not optional. Okay. Yeah, they're not just picking and choosing. They basically stop everyone, and they mm-hmm. ask you, have you been drinking? So if it's going to be similar to that, that to me suggests that they will be stopping every vehicle where these roadblocks mm-hmm. are set up. Now, if you set something like that up on the Coquihalla, does that not create like a huge backlog in traffic, the traffic jam? 
I think that's part of the design, though. So that's part of the plan. They want to make it inconvenient. Make it as inconvenient as possible uh, uh-huh. to um, to travel. Commercial trucks aren't going to be stopped. They're going to be allowed to go through. You're going to, you know, any emergency vehicles obviously allowed to go through. But uh, I think that is the plan. I know talking to Farmworth, um, if there's a three sailing wait on ferries, good. You know, make it inconvenient to travel on ferries uh, unless it's absolutely essential. And there's going to be some modifications to this as we go along. But yeah, it's it's to make travel an inconvenient part of your life, so to dissuade you from actually setting out on the journey. Okay, we continue to follow that one. Meanwhile, a lot of people looking at these roadblocks and saying, hang on a second, how come you're stopping me while I'm traveling within British Columbia and staying safe within my bubble? Like if I'm going to a cabin and I'm not, not planning to see anyone else, we just had a caller make that argument. But you continue to see international flights land at YVR, mm-hmm. some of them carrying COVID-positive passengers. Now, let me let me play uh, Aaron O'Toole clip for you. I, I spoke to Aaron O'Toole, the conservative leader on the show this morning, who's calling for more shutdowns of international flights coming into Canada, in, in, including, he said, possibly shut down all international flights, never mind just from India and Brazil. All of them, he had to say. Have a listen to this. Here's O'Toole. The government needs to secure the border by stopping flights from all hotspot countries and, in fact, perhaps all international travel temporarily till we can rectify and secure our border. Okay. Is there growing pressure on Trudeau on this file? I'm not sure about all international flights, but the international flights have always been a bit of a puzzle since this thing began. I mean, YVR has never been shut down. It's actually designated as one of the four international airports in, in Canada. You go on YVR's website, there's far less uh, travel, obviously, but there's still international flights arriving every day. There's flights from Seattle. There's flights from the United States. Um, At a time when when the U.S. was at the height of its crisis, there were still planes coming in from the States. Now, a lot of these are Canadians returning home. When the pandemic began, there were more than 400,000 Canadians abroad. Uh, in other countries. Well, if you shut down all international flights, what if you have Canadians who are stranded abroad? That's, How do they get home? That's And that's been the problem. And that's why the, one of the big reasons why it was never shut down. But it still doesn't prevent international travelers from, from flying here. Uh, you're supposed to quarantine, but as has no. been established, there's a fair, and we've talked about this before, a number of people choose to ignore the quarantine laws no. and, and say, oh, I'll pay a fine. Just come and find me. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of a loophole. It's interesting. O'Toole might be on to some public sentiment there. Well, he was he was certainly ahead of the curve on the India flights, calling on Trudeau to shut down flights from India, which mm-hmm. true, which true then did. Let's go to Jason on the line in Burnaby. Hey, Jason. Hi, Mike. I can't believe uh, O'Toole saying something smart for a change that makes sense. Yeah, these international flights have to stop. I mean, we just watched Bianca address you, test twice negative, then positive on arrival, and uh, that's how it's getting into our communities uh, from this international travel. So. I'd like to see something, uh, some stronger measures there, because what we do here is not making a lick of difference as long as we keep importing this stuff. Okay, thanks for the call. Yeah, Bianca Andreescu, the uh, Canadian uh, tennis player. You know, travel's uh, been a source of tension between the, pr- the provinces and Ottawa, or at least the international provinces that have international airports, B.C., Alberta, Ontario, and Quebec, um, because the feds are responsible for the border, and they've been basically accused by the provinces of being fairly lax in their restrictions and enforcement at the border and at the airport. And it's going to be interesting going forward whether the provinces try to step up pressure to maybe not match O'Toole's demand for banning all international flights, but putting more federal resources at the airport. Okay, let's go to Ken on the line in Langley. Hey, Ken. Hi. Hi, Mike. I, I hi. agree with that caller uh, previously 100%. Um, public safety and administering public safety in this time of crisis is just 
so lacking and has been from the beginning, especially from the federal government. I mean, with international flight, all of us doing our part and hunkering down. I have a stake in this, my family, my coworkers, my friends, and everybody, my fellow countrymen and women in staying safe. And this, I'll say it, reckless bastard is not doing this, and he hasn't been doing this from the beginning, Justin Trudeau and his people. Absolute reckless sons of... Okay, okay, I think I get your point. I think I get your point. Um, The fear is, or the risk is, the variants, right? Like, the the double mutant variant that we see circulating in India is of great concern. They've shut the flights down from there. But then we still got the terrible situation in Brazil. And there's other points in South America. Well, so at some point, you know, do they start going down the list of these hot spots and saying, okay, this country shut down, that country shut down? Well, Europe right now is still in a very serious situation. Yeah. So, again, you would shut down all European flights. Uh, wow. It's, uh, it's a pretty tall order to shut down well, all international flights. Now, keep in mind, these are not 300-person uh, uh, flights in terms of crowded planes. There's very few people on these international flights, but nevertheless, they're coming in from certain areas and potentially bringing the variants with them. Let's go to Diane on the line in Surrey. Hi. Good morning. I I certainly agree with the first two callers, but I'd like to bring up another issue. It seems a lot of work safe hours have been put in to check on gyms. Uh, I live in, in Surrey and we're a hot spot. They've been given, gyms have been given certainly an opportunity for a long time to get this right. And I noticed these closed last week on the BCCDC website, and I thought, there's a lot of gyms. Mm -hmm. So shut them down. It's now spring. Everybody can do what Dr. Henry says and work out outside. Shut them down till after the long weekend. There's plenty of other businesses like restaurants and pubs, etc., that are, are bearing the brunt of this. Gyms, they seem to take up a lot of work safe hours, and they're not getting it right. Okay, Diane, thank you so, for the so call. Your thoughts? Group activities are not allowed for adults in gyms. This is supposed to be one-on-one uh, situation. So it's interesting that nine fitness facilities in, in Fraser Health Authority in 10 days have been closed. Obviously, something's not working. Okay, let's keep taking your calls. Um, Dennis on the line in Surrey. Hey, Dennis. Hey there. Hey, I just had a question. I was doing a little shopping in Costco the other day, and I noticed on the way out that they have a COVID vaccination clinic inside there. Now, you need a membership to get into Costco, so how do they how do they work that? Well, that's a good question. Well, I guess in Costco, well, they got a pharmacy there, right? I guess that's the deal in Costco. Anyway, your thoughts, Keith? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. It's a good one. I'm not a member of Costco, so obviously wouldn't be able to go there for my vaccination. I'm not sure that if the I'm not sure the pharmacy is part of the membership. Maybe it is. But it's, that's an interesting one. Uh, it, that is an interesting question. Um, squeeze in one more. Benny on the line in Abbotsford. Hey, Benny. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, we um, got most people buying into wearing masks. Well, now we need to get most people into getting vaccines. And if they don't want to take the vaccines, then there's got to be consequences. The consequences could be certain government programs or other things that people think they're entitled to. And if they don't want to get the vaccine, then they don't get the benefits of what of the people that do take the vaccine. We need to get tough. Okay, yeah. Benny, thanks for the call. So we've never had a mandatory vaccination program in Canada, and we're, this one is not mandatory. There has been talk of uh, vaccination passports, though. For you, international travel. For international travel or for yeah. other things. Now, it's part of life. If you travel in Central America, uh, South America, you need your yellow fever passport. I mean, it's the fever passport, the yellow paper. 
and you can't travel without it. I'm not sure we're going to head that way, but it's certainly on the table. Keith, thanks for coming in. Talk tomorrow. All right, that's Keith Baldry, and that's Baldry's Beat.